You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 19. beautiful people. Welcome to episode 19 on the Create a Life That is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this podcast is designed to inspire, empower, and support you on your journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world. So today, my friends, this episode is brought to you by my complimentary 30-minute alignment calls that you can now book in for yourself to help you figure out whether you are aligned with your purpose whether you are embracing your feminine energy to your full potential, and also, of course, how we can move you forward in a coaching relationship, in stepping up into your power, purpose, making your dreams come true, overcoming self-limiting beliefs and behaviors, and anything else that you want to work on, including starting a business, website, blog, you name it, we can talk about it and it's all complimentary, no strings attached. I'd love to speak to you. You can find out more at www.letisharinge.com forward slash alignment call. And now for today's topic. This, my friends, is actually going to be a solo episode. I've disrupted my usual schedule and I've pushed back the interviews that I was going to have on today. And then so everything's pushed back now. But I really felt called to talk to you following on from Claire Baker's interview. And that was episode 18. That was last week's episode all about the menstrual cycle and this concept of sustainable creativity. I felt really called to talk with you and share my own journey when it comes to my menstrual cycle. So we're going to talk a lot about periods. I'm also going to talk to you about, you know, what it was like for me, what my relationship was with my period growing up. We'll talk about the pill endometriosis, which is something that I have. And I'm also going to share with you how I use these four phases of our cycle, these superpowers that we have as women naturally. And I'm going to talk about how I use these four seasons, how I harness my own creative powers and also abilities and capabilities throughout my cycle to really bring me more productivity and of course, create creativity and sustainability, but also just better happiness, health and fulfillment generally. I think it's really important to talk more about this as women, to be open to communicating how we're dealing with our not only menstruation and periods, but you know, what are the products that we're using? What are the messages that we're receiving? What are the issues that we're experiencing as women when it comes to being able to embody fully our potential as women? given that we work on this cyclic um, nature rather than this 24-hour hormonal cycle like the men in our life. And I'm also going to give you some more resources, 
also some food for thought when it comes to ideas for working, you know, in the corporate world or just working for someone else. Also ideas on how we can build awareness. I really want to get this conversation started. And also we'll talk about how, of course, this is a really big part of feminine energy, which if you know me, you know that I love to talk about feminine energy. I call myself now a purpose and feminine essence life coach. And that is because I really, really, really believe that many of us are cut off or we've forgotten our other right brain capabilities, which is our feminine energy. And we're not utilizing that and we are missing out. And I think this happens from a very early age when we're in the education system, action and logic is very much relied upon. And then we go out into the world working for other people, um, many you know, men, but also women who don't understand their own bodies and cycles and also our feminine energy. So it's really important to be able to have a balance of both masculine and feminine. And this is what I'm really passionate about because we we can only get so far if we're actioning and logicking our way there. I made that word up, by the way. I do realize that. <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot to talk about and I'm really excited and I hope you are all really excited as well that I am sharing this today. It is something that once upon a time I would have thought, oh my gosh, I could never talk about this and especially publicly. But as I've gone along my own journey and learned more and more and more and more on the topic of menstrual cycle, and see the incredible shifts that it's been able to make in my life by just understanding this information and then of course implementing it. I am feeling really, really motivated to just talk openly about this with as many people as possible because it really is just gold. So without further ado, let's dive in to the topic of today's episode, which is all about my period journey. So let's start with growing up. So basically my relationship to my period growing up was that I was one of the first people to get my period when I was in high school. I was in year seven, which is the first year. It's already quite scary because, you know, it's a new school. You're the smallest in the school. It's very confronting and intimidating. And not to mention all of that going on, you also get your period. And this was something that I really didn't know what to expect. And when I got it, immediately I felt that it was something that was icky. It was something that was yuck. And it was so unfortunate that every month I was now going to have a period. I was going to bleed. And that really scared me. And it's not that the um, my parental figures in my life at that time fed me any messages that were that were of that. I mean, my father would always make jokes that it must be that time of the month. And of course, those sorts of jokes don't help when you're of that age in particular. Actually, they don't help at any stage because <laughs> we don't um, like that. That was more about, you know, if you're being moody or experiencing premenstrual symptoms, then it's like, oh, okay, it's your time of the month. So that can be a really um, derogatory comment at times. But anyway, father was just saying it as a joke, as a lot of men do. And this is what happens with women. I think the only time we really talk about these things can be when we're, it's, it's a very negative perspective that we're looking at our period. 
And also we really don't see it as, you know, a way to connect with our bodies and also as a way to understand that we don't, as I mentioned before, operate from a 24 hour hormonal cycle like men do. This is our first indication that actually we are part of a much longer cycle and yet we don't understand that and we're not given enough information I was given barely any information in my, you know, PDHP, um, PE at school. All I knew was like I needed, once I had a period, that meant that I could fall pregnant. And so I needed to make sure that uh, at the time that I'd start um, having sex, that I would start using protection or get on the pill. And other than that, it was that, you know, premenstrual symptoms are really normal. And so for me, I always had quite, you know, heavy periods. I experienced a lot of pain and the messages that I received were that that was normal. And it was only later in my life that I discovered that that actually isn't normal. It's just something that we've been led to believe is because all of these women now have more problems when it comes to heavy periods and um, and having significant, you know, pelvic pain, abdominal pain. So that was normalized. But really, this is a bigger issue. So. My relationship growing up with my period was that it was something that was to be ashamed about. I never wanted to talk about, like I hated asking my, you know, dad to have to buy me um, pads or tampons. And then it was awful having to dispose of them. And then it was just, if I had to sleep over someone's house, I really want to avoid that. It was a really scary thing. And I even remember in year seven, when I leaked all over the back of my school dress in class, and I had to get up to answer a question. And then my friend saw, and then I had to quickly put a jumper over my skirt. And it was so embarrassing. And I didn't have the option to stay at home while I was experiencing this because I didn't want to talk about it to my dad. Then you become a teenager and um, by the time that you start, you know, hearing about the pill, which I think I can't remember when I first got on the pill, but I was told by my doctor that the pill would help with my period pain and um, and also that it would potentially help with the um, the heavy bleeding each month. So I immediately got onto the pill. And then of course you learn as you start having sex that it is, you should be on the pill for birth control. So it was really not something that I really felt I had a choice about. I thought it was what most people did and, and a lot of my friends did, of course. And so I was on the pill from a very early age. I think I must've been around 16 and I stayed on the pill until I was like 23. And I really didn't ever consider any other way of being. The only issue I had with the pill was that some of them, I would read about the side effects and that really scared me. And so I started trying other pills and then I would have bad reactions as in, I would feel even more moody and um, it was not something that I liked. So at that point, that was when I started to consider that maybe I don't want to put these chemicals into my body. Maybe I want to, um, you know, be able to just operate naturally. Um, you know, I always had problems with taking medicine and I really didn't like taking, you know, um, ibuprofen and, and paracetamol if I could not 
do that. But I generally at each time of the month, I'd need to take something because my pain was so bad. So it was a bit of a catch 22, but I realized at, I just, I just, it was really the fear of having something that wasn't natural in my body. And I don't know where I got that from, but I really started to think that, okay, maybe the pill isn't right for me. And especially when I couldn't find one that that was giving me a lot of other premenstrual symptoms. So as I mentioned at around 23, I got off the pill and then I, you know, just operated with a usual period. And oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is something that was really normal while you're on the pill. And it was in fact, the the primary reason that a lot of women I think do use it was being able to skip our period. And so you could only skip so many months uh, at one point and then, you know, you would just get a period anyway. And yeah, so that was, that was one of the, we didn't want to have the hassle of having our period. And that was something that the pill allowed, which is kind of scary because the period that you get on the pill isn't actually a real period. Uh, and also what I've, what I understand, but of course I'm not an expert in this is that when you are on the pill, um, you tend to not experience the same four phases that a woman normally would, um, you know, during her, the menstrual time of her life. So I got off the pill and then I started to, I really, I much preferred it. I might, I, my mood swings were nowhere near as, uh, up and down. And, um, and then what happened for me, I eventually was diagnosed with endometriosis and at that stage. So as you know, if you've been listening to me and if you haven't, um, before, and this is your first episode, welcome. It's so lovely to have you here. I really care and appreciate every single one of you who is listening. And, um, so yeah, I, I worked in a law firm. I was a lawyer and, um, I worked in private practice, uh, for, you know, eight years and the, idea of talking about your period was just not something that was going to happen. I worked with, you know, all the partners and men. Um, so my boss was a man. And even though I worked in the area of family law, so there tends to be more women in family law, it just wasn't something that you would speak about you not openly. So I would, I had a tendency and I spoke about this in a recent video that I did on Facebook and Instagram, a live video that I would really work myself into the ground. I was very used to just actioning, 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 working as much as possible. And then what would happen is I would reach burnout. And that was because of this wasn't sustainable. And so I would action, 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 and then I would completely burn out and then I would get sick or I'd be ill. And the thing that happened for me is that I was often getting sick and I couldn't understand why, but my immune system was really low. If someone was sick in the office, I would get it. And it was awful. It really affected my uh, well-being, of course, and um, and made me feel really awful about myself because I really wanted to work super hard. The other thing was every time I went for a run, which I really loved running, I 
I loved running so much. But what happened is that I suddenly started to get these pains while I would be running. If my heart rate was up really high, I would get this what felt like really bad period pain, but it would be so unbearable that I would like feel like I was going to pass out. I would literally feel like I was also going to throw up that very second and nothing would stop the pain. It was like this massive wave that would last 15 minutes, but it would be excruciating. And so I went to numerous doctors, uh, you know, I mentioned I kept getting sick, this pain I was getting, you know, I've always had um, painful periods. They'd also be quite heavy. Um, I, you know, I, there was something wrong and it was only because I was getting this really excruciating pain all of a sudden and also getting sick so often that I really pushed and I was like, what is going on? So I had had in the past an ultrasound done um, about my painful periods, but nothing came up. So I just assumed everything was okay. And on this occasion, I kept pushing and every single doctor I saw just said, you know, just get back on the pill. You've got to be on the pill to help manage the pain. But because I couldn't find a pill that I that agreed with me and also I guess I just had this intuition, um, this intuitive calling not to go back on the pill. So I just didn't. And so eventually I got another test done and they found something. They found traces of the endometrium and they also found, you know, a small fibroid. And so that was enough for me. I really actually felt quite relieved knowing that I had, um, you know, endometriosis, even though, you know, there wasn't a lot there. Some women get it and it's com- they're completely riddled. Um, their organs are completely riddled with the endometrium and it's they have to have an immediate surgery. So I went and saw a specialist and the specialist told me nothing. He just gave me a pamphlet about endometriosis <laughs> and he told me, you know, um, okay, yeah, we can do a surgery and remove it. And, but the thing is like, you know, it'll probably grow back. And so when you want to have kids, um, you're going to need to get another surgery potentially. And so I was like, okay, hang on, wait up. Um, what, is there an option, like an alternative to surgery? And he was like, well, yeah, of course. Like you don't have to get the surgery. You could just hold off and, you know, see if it sort of clears up. And I said, well, you know, I really don't want someone, you know, going into my body if I don't need to, like I'd prefer to try some alternative methods first. So of course he also, um, there was a prescription of some drug I could take as well to help with the pain. But anyway, and he, you know, also encouraged me to go back on the pill. I wasn't happy with those answers and I'm not sure where, again, I was getting this messaging from because I cannot think of one place. I mean, maybe my mother, she's always, you know, encourages more alternative ways. Maybe it was coming from her, but I think really it was a deeper intuitive calling to find something else. And so that was when one of my beautiful friends, Christine, sent me an episode of The Lively Show that she had just listened to, and it was with Elisa Vitti from Flow Living. And what was so beautiful about this episode is this was the first time I had heard a conversation between two women publicly about periods. 
Elisa is so fantastic. She has created this organization called Flow Living, which talks about functional nutrition for uh, women. And it's all, and she's written a book called A A Woman's Code. And she has like some um, steps and a protocol for women to uh, to eat and move and for lifestyle, all that work with the four different phases of your cycle. And she talks about you know the hormonal phases. So you've got your um, your menstrual cycle, then you move into your follicular cycle, then you move into your ovul- ovulatory cycle um, phase. Sorry, not cycle, and then you move into your luteal phase. And that's, you know, your premenstrual phase. And she mentioned that in that interview that, you know, these conditions of PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, all of this were all as a result of a hormonal imbalance and that there were so many things in our environment, in our food, um, and also in the way that we live, you know, like stresses and, um, and pushing our body to exertion that were actually disrupting the hormones. And these were, um, these were creating a lot of the symptoms and also that it isn't normal for women to experience the, you know, painful periods and, um, all the, the premenstrual, uh, symptoms that we understand, which is like, you know, um, being so moody, all of these things, she had come up with a way to help women, be able to one manage their symptoms, but two also reverse them. And she herself had been diagnosed with PCOS, and you know, been told to stay on the pill for um, until she wanted to try and have a baby. And um, she, and that was through her doctor. And she went and researched and came up with another way. And so it was just so beautiful. So I bought her book and I educated myself about what. I could do, which I really liked because I love to have, you know, the control and the power to change my life. And this was so eye opening for me, guys, because so this was when I, um, I, I started to reduce my meat intake because I discovered through her work and through then, you know, reading up myself that, you know, a lot of meat has um, hormones in it that disrupt our, you know, beautiful and delicate endocrine system. And so what I did, I sort of, um, it's so when you stop eating meat or when you reduce it, it's so different because you don't, you know, meat is usually the center of any dish. You build your, all your meals around the meat and so I had to really come up with a different way of eating and structuring my meals and I really love to cook and you know my mother is vegetarian um, my stepdad's vegan so I've had people in my life who eat this way but as someone who really loved to cook I had to really start to think okay well how can I create meals and it was it was very different so I had this I started off with you know not cooking meat at home, but I would allow myself to have meat if I was eating out. And that's how I lived for, I don't know, another year and a half, but I kept reducing the amount of meat I eat. And, um, you know, today I prefer to have a pescatarian diet. So I eat seafood, but I do not eat any meat. And um, also I really prefer to have very little to no dairy as well. So 
Another big part of her protocol is about gluten and about dairy. So I really started to have a look, learn more about what was, what contained gluten and also choosing dairy products that, um, you know, maybe when it came to cheese, choosing cheeses that were like a white cheese rather than all the other stuff that was available. And another big part of it was also about alcohol and sugar because this um, part of her phase is about, you know, balancing your blood sugar levels. And she mentioned that alcohol, you know, it obviously isn't great for women and um, especially because of the sugar content also you know it is a poison so I started to think about reducing my alcohol intake which didn't go very well but as anyone who follows me knows I no longer drink any alcohol I really really um, and I'm and I really want to promote an alcohol-free lifestyle because I think it's amazing and we really don't need it to experience fun in our lives and of course we don't need it for our health so but this Sugar and alcohol, this was the first time I really learned about how, you know, uh, this over-reliance on sugar was, you know, affecting my blood sugar levels, which affects my hormones, which affects my overall functioning of my endocrine system. So her work is amazing. I highly recommend that you check it out. It's over at, um, her name's Elisa Vitti, as I said, and um, the, the website's flowliving.com. You can see, you'll be able to find all the details in the show notes for this episode. So this was my experience. I decided not to go for the surgery. I decided to try and manage my symptoms through the way I was eating. I also started to look at the way I moved differently. So part of Elisa's approach is that during the different phases, our body um, is better with different types of exercise. So what this looked like for me was that, you know, during my menstrual phase, maybe I didn't want to do so much um, physical activity. Maybe I would just stick to walking or a really slow and gentle type of yoga. And then in my spring, maybe I wanted to do something that was a little bit more intense, you know, start to build it up. And um, I might in my summer want to do more like group based activities. I might want to go for longer runs. And um, yes, in my autumn, I might want to do some more weightlifting or I might want to do more intense yoga. You know, you just started to think about what is my energy in each phase of the cycle, which I found super duper interesting. And I also went to a herbalist and an iridologist and got some advice and I started taking some herbs, which did really help with my symptoms. And, um, and then, so I sort of carried along, you know, doing all of this, reading anything that I saw that was on this topic. And then it was last year that Claire Baker, her work came into my life and I started to hear about the inner seasons, which I really loved because I could really see the, um, the relationship between the seasons and your and these hormonal phases. And I read her Adore Your Cycle book, which as you know, I really recommend. It's such a great book. I really love it. And I started to implement some of her recommendations for, you know, connecting at the different phases of your cycle, you know, more emotionally, spiritually, and also in terms of creativity. And for instance, how you might run your business, which as you know, I I'll have my own business. I don't work um, in the corporate world anymore. And, um, and I've just, this, this really just 
opened things up on a much deeper level. It was incredible. I've also taken Elisa Vitti's three months uh, monthly flow course. So I learned a lot about the science behind all of this. And yeah, it's, it's so, so great to be educated on all of this, you know, and I think it's great for women, you know, no matter it's, no matter what age you are, no matter whether you're menstruating or not, it's really important, I think, for all of us to be properly educated about how our systems work and also about the menstrual cycle and to be able to talk more openly about it for you know obvious reasons. So another shift that I made was also moving from using pads and tampons to using a menstrual cup, which if any of you know what that is, it is you know, sustainable um, materials, you reuse it and it's way better for the environment. It's also much better for you from a health perspective because you're not putting, you know, there's all these, there can be problems with uh, tampons and pads with, you know, what they're made from. So this is a much better source. And honestly, I found it life-changing. It's so much easier. Look them up, menstrual cups. Um, And then the other thing I did was start using reusable pads because mostly I wanted it, you know, to, to, I'm thinking about the environment, but also I really like it, you know, it saves you a ton of money and it's, you know, cotton and, these sustainable materials again that are just much more environmentally friendly and anything that is environmentally friendly is also friendly for you because we are a part of the environment we are natural beings we need things that don't affect us as well so we've got to be careful with our chemicals and this is one of the bits with Elisa Vitti in her work. She really talks about all the toxic chemicals that are in your environment. You need to be careful with what makeup you're using, what you're using on your skin, what you're using in the kitchen, what you're using in the bathroom, what cleaning products you use. All of this stuff has an impact and you've got to, we've really got to start thinking about every action that I take, everything that I use, what is the consequence to myself and not just myself, but also the people in my environment and my environment generally. We've got to stop being so apathetic about, you know, I just do this and then not thinking about what the consequences of those actions are because every action that we take has an effect. So we need to know what they are and then we can make conscious decisions. And it also just showcases our power as a consumer to really dictate what sort of products we want. We're able to exercise our power in the choices we make with the products we buy. So please don't take that lightly. Now, guys, I know there is a ton of information here, but I think that all of this is relevant. And so now what I wanted to talk about is how this all plays out in my life today. So I was talking about this in the video that I'd done, so I won't go into too much detail. And also because if you want to learn more about the seasons, go and listen to the episode with Claire Baker, which was episode 18, as I said before, on my podcast, because she goes into detail about this. But basically, when we're menstruating, this is when we are in our uh, winter. It's our inner winter. And the first day that you bleed roughly is day one of your cycle. And during this winter, this is when we are most connected to our intuition. So this time is really great for 
you know, making decisions, for planning, for, um, you know, receiving guidance from our intuition. And also at the same time, it's a time when we need rest because we are, you know, shedding literally like life out of our body. It is a time that we need to rest and restore. It is a yin phase. We need to, and it's so important looking at the overall cycle for how we conserve our energy. And then we move into our spring and this is, you know, um, overlaps with our follicular phase. This is when we start to move into a more masculine energy. We want to take lots of action and often we get overwhelmed because we go too quickly into action. And also we feel like there's a million things we now want to take action on. And so this is, you know, the reemergence with the world. This is a time when you are in your most masculine energy. So your empathy and your emotional intelligence tends to be you know, a bit lower during this time. And, but this is a great time to, you know, just get things done. And actually it's also a good time for doing, you know, our financials and business sort of admin stuff. And then when we move into our summer, our summer is our ovulatory phase. And this is when we, as Claire said in that episode, if there was any time we were superwoman or we feel like we are, it's this, it's when we're so magnetic, we're radiant, we're glowing. We've got tons of energy. We can do so many things. We're great around other people. So this is an awesome time to be collaborating with other people, to be talking and sharing your ideas, to be going out there and, you know, being with other people. You're at your most extroverted. And then we move into our autumn and our autumn is moving into our most feminine stage of the cycle. It's back into our feminine energy. We're moving from our yang phases, which was spring and summer to our yin phases, which is autumn and winter. And so during this time, this is when we can experience our premenstrual um, symptoms. It's also when, you know, our inner critic tends to be at its uh, loudest. And so we're very critical of ourselves and potentially of other people you know things piss us off easily and but this is also a really good time for being honest with yourself and also you know doing things like editing and refining in terms of the creative cycle it's actually a really useful time but you don't want to Um, take too much action based on the decisions you make during that time because you are more emotional. Your inner critic is a lot louder. So you really want to leave any actual decision making. So, you know, you might pencil everything in that you want to change, but then you'd leave it until your menstrual phase and your inner winter before you would actually um, decide on what you're going to take action on. So it's this really beautiful way of um, conserving our energy. We need to go through these periods of rest and then these periods of action. And this is how we best work as women. So this has completely change the way that I conduct my life as in before I had this information and, um, and now. So what does it look like for me today? Well, when it comes to scheduling in things for my business, I really try to take advantage of the superpower I have at that time of my cycle. So when it comes to scheduling in, you know, 
lots of my calls with other people, my social outings, my, um, you know, being more active on social media, um, going traveling. I really try to put this around my summer and also at, in my late spring and in my early autumn, because this is when I know my energy is at its highest and I really enjoy being around other people. For the other half of my cycle, I really do try to pull back as much as possible. Of course, this isn't always okay. You know, with my one-to-one coaching clients, I see them at once a fortnight. So I will see my clients during this time. But often, you know, I make sure it's not going to be during my heaviest days of bleeding. I often don't. Um, I don't even work on those days. And actually, I really enjoy working with my clients during my winter, uh, just not when I'm at my heaviest bleeding, because that is when I'm most intuitive. And obviously this really helps in guiding the sessions that I have. So when it comes to traveling, I really, really don't want to be traveling during my winter because if I don't conserve my energy, if I don't take the time to rest and restore during that time, I will pay for it at the at other times in my cycle. Like I shared last week, I really felt constricted in terms of using my summer abilities to their full potential this cycle because I had, um, I traveled back home from Australia to London and I was really, really burnt out by doing that during my winter. Unfortunately, that just what needed to be when I traveled on this occasion, because, you know, I was in Australia for six weeks and that was long enough and I needed to wait until, you know, close to the date that I returned to be able to go to the beautiful you inspiration day, which is what I really wanted to stay for. So that was just how it worked out. But I did suffer by not resting properly and doing something that was really quite hard on my body during my winter. So this is the thing we're thinking about. Everything has a cause and effect. And so we're just trying and we're thinking about, you know, not just today. What is this going to do for me later in my cycle? It's really great for anchoring you and connecting you to yourself and also to your own flow and rhythm. Everybody's different. So some of these things aren't going to be true for you. You have to first consult with your own body. And so what's really fun is starting to track your cycle. And this is something that Claire also teaches. So you can check out her work, but looking at, you know, what am, how am I feeling from on day one of my cycle? And then each day after that, just go, just noting down your symptoms. What's, what's your, what, how are you feeling? What's your energy like? What symptoms do you have? You know, any, Anything that you want to comment on it's a really great practice for connecting you the other thing is I also eat differently at different times in the month and this is what Elisa Vidi and her work is really great for because you know it makes sense that if we operate on this you know 28 day roughly cycle then it also means that the different phases of our cycle what we need in terms of food and energy is also different. And you can also use the seasons to help you with that. You know, during summer, what sort of foods do you like to eat compared to your winter? In your winter, you want more warmer and nourishing foods, whereas in summer, you want things to be lighter, more salads. So we start to, no matter what the season is outside, adjust at the way we eat so that we're eating 
differently for the different season inner seasons of our own cycle which is really really fun and interesting and sometimes for me all of this all this means is simply having you know a basic sort of meal but changing the type of grain that i'm using or changing the type of vegetables you know having more having more raw salad and um and veggies rather than baked or roasted veggies so it's really cool and then also in terms of self-care what we need changes but what this cyclic system of ours teaches us is how to enforce boundaries we need to be aware of what our boundaries are so that we can enforce them and also so that we can make other people aware of what our boundaries are and then they're not going to be trying to overstep them all the time you know so like the first step is always awareness we need to know what our boundaries are so i thought it would be really interesting to talk about how we can incorporate what we now know into the way that we work, whether that's working for an employer or running your own business like me. Now, I worked in the corporate world for 10 years before I started my own business. So I really do understand what it's like. It's not necessarily something you want to be talking about with the people you work with. You might not feel comfortable, but there are ways that you can enforce your own limits so that you're able to work within this cyclic system to the best of your ability. For instance, when you are scheduling things in, have a look at what phase of your cycle you're going to be in when you like fall, whatever that thing is that you're scheduling in. If it's a time when you're not going to be at your most energetic or want to be around people like you're in a winter, then, you know, maybe you want to try and schedule whatever that is into your summer or even, as I said, your late spring or your early autumn. But just even if it's just a couple of days, like, you know, this is going to be the like in the midst of my winter. So I don't want to put it in there. What's also really beautiful is that, we, if we can start this conversation, then, you know, with our colleagues, we might have someone who is in their summer when you're, you know, really just feeling so flat, you really need to conserve your energy. They might be willing to put the hand up to take that meeting or do whatever it is instead of you, if it is time sensitive. But we don't know if we don't have these conversations because, you know, we all have these superpowers available to us. And a big part of enforcing our boundaries is knowing how to ask for support and also receiving that support. And receiving is a very big aspect of feminine energy. And that is why we're, it's something that's really not natural to a lot of us. Which we find it really difficult. So we've got to learn how to receive again and also, of course, how to ask for help. During my winter, you know, I really reach out and rely on Lou to help me more than at other times of my cycle. I will ask him, can you please do more of the cooking this week for us? And he he wants to keep me happy, you know, because it benefits him too. Otherwise, you know, I'll get start getting really upset about things, you know, I or I might not be able to. Um, you know, want to do as much later in my cycle. So it's to your partner's benefit as well to be informed about this. And also, you know, people in your family, whoever you live with, you know, talk to your friends about it. Just talk to your, if you're a mother, talk to your daughter. If you're a daughter, talk to your mother, talk to your sisters, talk to the men in your life as well. They want to know. It really does help them 
just as much as it helps you. So in the, nothing is going to change when, we, when it comes to the corporate world unless us women really take the initiative to educate ourselves about our hormones, about our cycles, and also, you know, whether you're someone who's menstruating or not, maybe you've gone through menopause and you're no longer menstruating, you still have a feminine cycle and you can still connect with the feminine cycle. And it's important for you as well to be aware of all of this, that you can help, you know, the the women as they come through in being able to really connect and utilize their powers because this is the thing it helps you be more productive it helps you be more sustainable so you don't reach burnout like I did it's in your employer's interest to have you know how to utilize your cycle because you are able to basically be four different women throughout the month and if you know how to harness each of those phases and the powers that you have then then you really are an incredible and unstoppable force so they, you've got to just picture in what is a benefit for them. The other thing is just really think about adding more space into your days. And especially when you're in your feminine phases, your autumn and your winter, we really need to make sure that we are valuing space. Space gives us time to receive. It's so valuable. So you want to make sure that you are putting in, you know, little periods of space where you get to not be doing, you get to be being, and you can put this into your diary. You know, you can take mindful minutes. It's, there's lots of ways to create space, but this is also a very feminine energy. And it's one that's really not valued. And it needs to be because we need the space. We are not going to be able to receive, you know, inspiration, creativity, all of this sort of stuff if we don't have the space to receive it. And, you know, if this is something that you're really interested in hearing more about, I am shortly so excited to announce that I will be launching a online course very soon, which goes into much greater detail about all of these components of our feminine energy. And so stay tuned for the details. This is something that is going to be really fantastic because I know there are a lot of us who are just completely disconnected or really don't know how to tap into our feminine energy um, in general. So watch out for that. Another suggestion is that you can work from home during your menstruation if that's an option that's available to you really take it because working from home you can be more productive when you're not around people because the energy of other people might drain you so start thinking about these things when can you schedule some working from home options and the same thing if you do work from home maybe you want to be in the office working around people during your summer I don't know just start thinking you know every day doesn't have to be the same and another option is of course you can always find alternatives to working for an employer, especially if you're if it's going against your own natural flow and rhythm. You will not feel fulfilled if you're not able to utilize your full potential. So you need to set yourself up with an environment that will allow you to do that. And one of those ways, my friends, and I know that this might scare the heck out of some of you, but one of those ways is to have your own business. 
And I know that it sounds scary when you're used to having someone else who, you know, runs the show and you work for them, but this is an option that is available to you. So please consider it. You know, women and business, it is a fantastic option for them because it is so great, especially when we're having children. So if this is something that you feel interested in, really start to consider it. And if, of course, you want to work with a coach to help you overcome those limiting beliefs that are stopping you from getting started, then please consider working with me because I really, really, really want to see more women taking advantage of starting their own thing because I think that we are just so... It's such a shame that we're missing out on all of our amazing ideas and and capabilities because we're living in a man's world. Okay, so I think that is enough on this topic. Just another resource for you. There's also a beautiful woman named Sammy Fleming, and I'll put her details in the show notes. And she also talks about the menstrual cycle. So I'd love to connect you with her as well. Um, And then you know, really start thinking about how can you raise awareness and really make start the period conversation in your own life. What has been your journey with your period? What are your ideas for building awareness? What products do you use? I would be really keen to know. And I ask if you do want to share your own, you know, period story or what your ideas are for awareness or what products you use, I'd love to hear from you. Go over to Instagram, you know, tag me at create a life that is beautiful. And also I encourage you to use the hashtag women's health. This is a very popular hashtag for women. We're mostly talking about you know diet and exercise but what if we start trying to add as much as possible about the period conversation there I think that would be really really awesome and if you do do that make sure you tag me in it because I'd love to see more of us (laughs) taking over that hashtag Okay, guys, I hope that you really enjoyed this episode and that it's helped someone out there who's listening. I really appreciate and value you being here and spending this time with me. I really don't take it lightly and I love having you here and, you know, being able to talk about these things. It's so awesome. So please, you know, if you haven't said hello, make sure you reach out and let me know what you think about this episode. I'd really love Love to know how it's resonating for you, what were your aha moments, and you know how this has impacted you. And if you could, please make sure you take a moment to share this episode with someone that you know. And also, if you could write a review on iTunes and, you know, give me a beautiful review and rating, you know, make sure it's honest, but I would really appreciate that. And I appreciate you. So what's next? Well, we're going to, on the podcast, have some exciting interviews coming up all around the topic of alcohol. As many of you know, I started 2017 is fine without wine on the 1st of January. I did a year without drinking alcohol. I loved it so much that I've decided to continue and I now promote an alcohol-free lifestyle and I'm really 
interested in hearing how other people who are doing the same got to be giving up alcohol as I think they'll be really interesting conversations for you guys to listen to. So look out for those in the coming weeks. And of course, if you are uh, wanting to take advantage of this 30-minute one-to-one alignment call with me, make sure you go to www.letisharange.com forward slash alignment call and I can't wait to talk to you. You can also find the show notes for this episode at www.letisharange.com forward slash my period story. And otherwise, I cannot wait to be here with you next week for another episode to help you unlock your truth and purpose. Have a wonderful week, my friends. Mwah. 